Cyberpod entry log 202. Okay. Um, Gareth Lyons, Captain. Captain Gareth Lyons speaking. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and James Morn is also here. So, um, <laughs> no, you're not going not gonna to protest that? No, give it up. Okay. Um, well, you might hear it's, uh, we've got uh, the fire roaring here, uh, log fire, and uh, got the stockings hung by the chimney with care yeah, in the hopes the that uh, St. Nicholas will soon yeah. be here. Say Legolas. Hey. So this that's the type of attitude I expect from somebody who hates Christmas. Yeah. Um so James is an out and out Christmas loather. Yeah. So I um I don't even watch Die Hard. Do you know what I mean? Oh my god. <laughs> the ultimate Christmas hey, Die Hard, that's Christmas. I wanna put the the John McClain back in Christmas, let me tell you. Um, no, I love Die Hard. I'd watch all of them if I could. Uh, but I only have the first one, so I guess I'm just going to watch that again and again. Yeah. Whereas we said, we're in space. Times. There's no snow in space either. Um, oh, there is. Oh, that asteroid. Okay. That was really poor. Um, but yeah, I hope that James gets the uh, Christmas stuffing knocked out of him for not liking Christmas. Mm. And that he receives some sort of comeuppance. Oh, my God, there's the sounds on the roof. Footsteps. Have Could you? it be Chris Kringle? The chimney is... You can hear the sounds. I'll put Chimneys. it in later. The chimney Why sounds. Open the chimney, guys. And open the chimney flue and somebody steps out. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's Ooh, not It's not Santa Claus at all. Why? No. It's a uh, laughing man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with big horns. Can you see my horns? Yeah. And my oh, goat yeah. legs. And his, his big horn as I well. I didn't want to point yeah. them out yeah. <laughs> in case you felt bad about them. I know why you don't like Christmas, because you've been a Nazi boy. No. Yes. All right. Really? Well, no, okay, well, uh, <laughs> need to check his list again. So <laughs> no, not only has he been a naughty boy, he's also, he's a real p- piece of shit. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you're a real piece of shit. <laughs> That's why you're getting. Yeah. So it's me, the Krampus. Okay. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you know about me? Uh, no. <laughs> so I'm like uh, the anti-Santa. Okay. Yeah. Uh, although, kind of in a weird way, Santa will give you cold, so he just still right. does punish naughty boys and girls. Yeah. But uh, if you've been naughty, get this right: mm. I'll throw you in my sack, okay. and you will basically go to hell. Okay. Or I chain you up and whip you with birch trees. Wow, this Krampus is very knowledgeable about uh, his Krampus lore. Yeah. Well, if you don't know, stuff. then you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is incredible. And, uh, <laughs> I can't believe we have a real life Christmas uh, deity or whatever. What do you call so it? If you're the God, op- yeah. You're the opposite of Santa. In a way, yes. So does that mean that Santa isn't real? Because you're real. (laughs) (laughs) An existential quandary, you know? (laughs) Feels like someone let open an airlock here. My head's exploding. Whoa. Um, Can I ask, like, okay, we're effortlessly transitioning now because I'm running out of... Christmas, but we can yeah, ask you. Too skilled. How did you react? He's too skilled. How did you react when you found out Santa Claus wasn't real? Uh, me, the Krampus? No, no, you, uh, the other, the the our guest, the man behind the Krampus. The man behind the Krampus. So the man behind the Krampus. Um, I freaked the fuck out. My, can I swear? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not going just, to just, disrupt any of your sponsorships yeah. or anything like that. That's our but. first can I swear. That's a podcast rite of passage, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Is it okay if I swear? Please. Please. You know? yeah. uh, so get this. My mom, uh, I came home from school and I, uh, uh, someone had said in school, uh, the sound is not real. And I came home and I... H- and how I, old are you, sorry? I was probably about too old I'd say I feel like I was like 11 or 12 or something okay. like that yeah, and, same here. and then someone said that and then uh, my mom was like oh no like he's being bullied for being believing Santa and the reality was like the, only this one kid was the person saying it everyone else believed in Santa so we were like you idiot yeah, <laughs> like, you idiot if anything we probably bullied this guy yeah, we're like yeah. Santa is real <laughs> so I came home and then my mom said alright look Santa isn't isn't, <laughs> oh, isn't no. real 
and I broke down. I was like, I know you're lying. Like, I know you're lying. <laughs> you know, she was lying. <laughs> yeah. Because she said he wasn't real. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. no, no, I know you're lying. I was like, no, she's, no, honestly, he's not real. I was like, I know you're lying. And it built up to a point where I was literally about to break, like, steam coming out of my ears. And then my mom was like, all right, no, he, he is real. <laughs> she took it back. <laughs> and then I was like, then why'd you say that? And she's like, because I'm a terrible person. And I remember she said that. And I was like, okay, so he is real. Like, yeah. And then we believed it for another year. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, I didn't handle it very well. How did you, how about you, James? I actually had the exact same story. Really? Like, <laughs> hey, same give age. it back. What? <laughs> give it back. <laughs> yeah. I was like way too old. And then, except no one else said you believed in Santa. For some yeah. reason, I was like, uh, I was like, oh, no, they're all wrong. You know what I mean? Sure. I was like, you know, the, the Christian among the Romans. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Which is funny you say that because that's who it's, you know, obviously St. Nicholas was this bishop who was taking a serious amount of slack from the Romans and that's kind yeah. of what he's known for. So he's standing up, you know, against uh, the heresy um, and he was tortured and battered for so years. St. James is Santa Claus. You yeah. might even say that. Mm. Anyway, sorry, continue. Interesting. But then I, I went home and I asked my mom and then I started crying. Sure. And then she took it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. But of course you knew then. But I was in serious denial, like. Yeah. I would like lie awake at night, just rat, trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Me. I, well, I, I found out about it on a holiday. We were, it was on like, Christmas? No. Oh. On like, you know, it was summer and we were all at like, and then I was like. That's probably the best time of year to find out. Our, well, our, our, my friend Sean was with us on this holiday and he was like, sounds not real, sounds not real. And I was like, kind of, mom, can you tell this fucking journey not to Straighten this guy out. And, like, and then like, uh, she, she just goes, uh, well, actually, he's not, he's not real. And then I, I like. But she told you in front of someone else. Well, I think she took me aside and told me, and then like later on, I was in the basically we were in this on this boat. It was on the ship, like I can't remember. It was the deal a with ship? it. Ship? Yeah, it was like a ferry or a boat of some description. Do you know what I mean? This is very strange. Well, whatever. We were coming back from like Spain or some shit, and so I was like, but I remember that we were in a, a room and it had no porthole, so it had no natural light. Okay, and uh, so I was like. I remember lying on this bunk bed while there was the ocean underneath and I was like staring at the wall like a serial yeah. killer just like thinking like but uh, it doesn't make sense like all of, it was literally like somebody had died do you know what I mean okay. and uh, all of the kind of it was funny that I like didn't believe in God necessarily but I did believe in Santa Claus yeah but any sort of lingering bits mm. about like oh I believe in God it was like oh, I was pretty much thrown out the window at that stage I was like well if Santa's not real there's no way that God yeah, is real I know <laughs> yeah but here's the question what Tony why were you sad so I've been thinking about why because I remember my mum said oh you still get presents mm. and I was like well, that's not the point yeah I, I don't was, know what the point was there was a kind of grandfather figure who loved me and everyone kind of like regardless of well I suppose it wasn't regardless of anything because you have to be a good boy <laughs> but um, very judgmental yeah <laughs> but still like was like it was one directional kind of love mm. and that was taken away it was like this guy has been always looking out, out for me he's like the idea of someone was like putting a gizmo in the sleigh and bringing it to me you know or a turtle's outfit knew all the yeah. things that I liked even some things I didn't have on the list. This guy knew uh, yeah. me knew me better than I knew myself sometimes. Sometimes there was gifts that would actually shape, like like games and or books or like a, a, a film that would actually shape who I was. And this guy seemed to know me, you know. And then he was just gone. I think for me it was the, the idea of somebody being like, like warm, do you know what I mean? As in like mm. completely unflappable. The idea of somebody idea being... Of someone's, I mean, it's got such a horrible childhood. Like, <laughs> someone being warm to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone <laughs> being kind, somebody remembering my uh, interests. No, but like, you know, in completely infallible person. But the thing that also got me was the fucking reindeer. Because like, I I bought into the fact that there was magic and stuff and that there was like the impossible thing, sure. you know? So David Copperfield was the, big. Yeah, the well, the masked magician and all that shit. And yeah. you're just like, oh, well, He fuck. was the opposite of No, I know, he revealed it, but it, it was kind of like, time frame. you know. I don't know, it just felt like, you know, he's a cynic. Mm. The magic is real. And then, like, 
all of a sudden it's like, oh no, it's not real, and you're just like, oh but shit. But everything went man. out the window. Like for me, like banshees, fairies, uh, you yeah. know, anything really of that. Even like myth, magic. So That's like, true. it's a big. Yeah. It's almost like a kind, a kind of like there's time, there's space, and then there's a kind of a magic that's mm-hmm. kind of this bridge, and the bridge just shattered like yeah. that. That like that Odin bridge in Thor is just like like it's just destroyed. Even aliens are kind of be ruined in many ways. Yeah. The idea of yeah, like kind of like other things and like you know, you know I don't know. I mean, it's not like I believe that humans could do magic. Do you know what I mean? But I was thinking about this recently with like the the the, the Santa Claus movie, because mm-hmm. in the Santa Claus movie, somebody was already, they were joking about it on the podcast I was listening to. Uh, important Cinema Club, another podcast I'm going to plug. That's not ours. Mm. Uh, yeah, sorry, but uh, they were saying about how, like, you know, if you believe in God, then you have to, you don't get anything. You get, like, you just have to go on faith. Okay. Whereas the idea within the Santa Claus that there are people who don't believe in Santa, and it's like, it's like that's impossible. You can't not believe in Santa if presents appear under the tree yeah, that you did yeah, not yeah. buy. Do you know what I mean? So, um, but I remember watching those movies, and that never stuck out to me as a problem as a kid that there were people in this world who didn't believe, and I was like, of course they wouldn't believe because they're just cynics and dead to the world and whatever. Mm. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And uh, yeah, I was always yeah. wondering why the parents didn't believe. Yeah. Do you know mm. what I mean? But isn't that part of the part of the? The kind of thing is the parents don't get presents, like they're yeah. because because you see it when you're like your your parents don't have presents and you have presents, so it's kind of like I thought there's like a curve where you, it kind of peters out, where, yeah, exactly, where exactly. eventually yeah. there's less and less, and then eventually there's none. That'd be yeah. funny, wouldn't it? And then one year, the first year, you get one thing less. You're like, oh no, it's beginning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just wasting I away. I won't believe. Yeah. Were um, you were you raised with all the myth? Um. You yeah. said you said you didn't believe in banshees anymore. Um, like yeah, like I like I would have yeah, like I remember. Well, there was there's a lot of t- there's a lot of mythological tools to get you to behave, and my parents used them all. Like they used really? and they used the banshee, which is like, well, you don't want to be look, you don't want to be up at night because if you look at the window, you see a banshee. Banshee's, Did your banshee's parents gonna, really do that? Yeah, it's like a banshee's going to take you away. It's like <laughs> it's like I remember my dad told me he was looking at the window one time and and he saw a banshee combing her hair when he was a kid, and then and then she caught eyes with him. Like she was like, <laughs> and then caught eyes and took her comb out through the comb, uh. and then if the comb apparently this is something he made up, if the comb hits you and sticks in your neck, it paralyzes you, and then you're taken away by the banshee. Wow. Jesus. So he said that it threw and missed, and I was like, I never want that because I was always getting up and looking at the window, so it was used as a tool for that. That's Similarly, really good. Santa won't come unless you're asleep. Yeah. And not That's nice. such good riffing though on your dad's part. Like, oh, I've never heard that addition to the story. Is that like? From folklore, or is there something he just put in there? No, he, he knew about the comb, you know. Okay, right, and then right. I think maybe he might have seen some poison dart reference or something <laughs> earlier so earlier in the day. Um, but he, he also told me, like, as well, that, like, he, because uh, he had this ripped pair of jeans on the leg and he used to just wear them when he was doing, like, odd jobs or whatever. And I remember, like, I asked him how he did it. And he was like, well, uh, a monster grabbed my leg in Stevens Green. There was, like, a monster, swamp nice. monster. And then, like, I remember telling that story when I was, like, 19. And I was all like, well, funny you say that, actually, because Stephen's great, my dad, you know when you realize, I haven't said this out loud since I was six. Yeah. And uh, it's not real. You're not going to read the swamp at Stephen's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there with a, pitch, with a pitchfork yeah. and, a, and a lantern. I am old enough. You That's know? pretty good, though. I mean, my uncle came up with a story. We were driving around in the burn, and he said, and we, for some reason in the burn and on beaches in Clare, you would always find, like, a half-eaten shoe, you know? Or like a shoe, like you don't find one shoe. I kept finding no. shoes. Totally. That, no, it is happened that, all the time. Has that ever happened to you? Or see one shoe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the burn, like. I've never actually been to the burn, but I really want to really? go. Oh, it's gorgeous. But in like, I, I'm not saying you're lying. I'm just saying. Maybe, <laughs> I'm saying maybe your uncle. I was a little kid. Maybe your uncle dropped these. It's oh like, no! It's no, like no. neither Tony or I have experiences. Mm. No, well, it wasn't. But you like, only experienced when you were. I have one of them like at my house, but it was literally I found you like. Took one home. Yeah, a child's shoe. Yeah, there's a little baby boot. Like put it that in a nice display in, case in your bedroom. That wedged fun. in the crack, and it was like, but also like in the limestone, whatever. It like kind of corrodes the thing. Like I don't know how it did it, but either way, it was like there's this big hole in it. Like it was burnt in the shoe. Okay, God, I know it sounds. That great. sounds like it was a devil. Um, <laughs> but no, my there's no myth. It was just a devil. My uncle used to say that there was a car- there was a creature called the boot beast, and the boot beast was like a lion. So 
you know, he would wander around and uh, he would eat children and keep one of their shoes, okay? So his face has all these horns on it and it's just covered in shoes, so you can't see his real face. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And also, when you're going through the burn, there's just these piles of rocks, like, you know, little walls and stuff. Yeah. So off in the distance, they always look like some sort of figure, you know what I mean? Mm. So if the car was driving, you'd be like, Oh, something's moving out there like really far away do you know oh, I love that yeah that was cool and I love it because it was like you know there was no well I mean as far as I know no basis for it do you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. it was funny when they create stuff specifically for yeah I think your uncle's yeah. just dropping children yeah he's always just killing them and then turn it into a anyway, story you found you know? the shoe you're yeah. like oh that's a monster have you seen have you read that the, you can't see the real face <laughs> you've de- <laughs> you've definitely read The Hogfather yeah yeah. Yeah. Have you read the Hogfather no. or seen anything? It was a Terry Pratchett book, but it was like one of the parts in it is that there's like this surplus of magic that's basically been created because people. Anyway, it doesn't. The too convoluted to get into, but essentially all these characters that people have created in their heads start to become real. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh wow. So they have like a, a, the Veruca gnome, who's like a gnome who comes around and puts Verucas on your feet if you <laughs> don't wear sandals and pools and stuff like that, and then like. They, anyway, yeah, they, they yeah. I don't know yeah, where I was going the, with that. The point of that is that, like, <laughs> you see loads of people's childhood fears come out. Yeah. Like, someone's mm-hmm. like, oh, I've never heard of the Veruca now. Yeah. It's not a thing in anyone else's life. There's yeah. anything in this one's life. Oh, so this, but these are conjured in a, in a realm yeah. somewhere. Yeah. It reminds me of, the, I heard this thing, um, I think, like, Ari Shafir was talking about it on Joe Rogan's podcast. Because he, he was, like, close to being a rabbi at one stage. He was going through like all this, the schooling for it but he said that apparently um, there's a belief um, that it, every time you masturbate mm. uh, you will be confronted with the unborn seed of every nice. time yeah. so once you have get to heaven or whatever you will have to kind of face these deformed freak things that are basically the cool. conjuring of so you so if you count up how many you know I, know what you I don't know how many you're going to have to fight but uh, do you have to kill them like you yeah, man, you got to murder them. But I think it's some sort of like Titan kind of thing where like they are like your freak kids and then yeah. you have to like, uh, yeah, you have to like kind of fight them. And have they're just made out of spunk. Like. I don't know if they're made out of spunk, but they, yeah, no, they are made out of spunk. That was in, <laughs> that was in Metal Gear, wasn't it? It was one of the games and depending on how many people you killed, there yeah. was like a spirit world you'd walk through. Yeah, in Metal Gear 3, uh, you have to yeah. walk against all the, the people you kill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty shit when you don't kill any of them. It's just, yeah, you just walk for ages. That was my my friend like said half an hour. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not a sight to be seen. My friend said that he like yeah he didn't kill anybody and he was like literally one guy and he like walked through. Mm. But then uh, well, our other friend literally killed every person he saw. Mm. So all of a sudden he's just like legging it through this world like hordes chasing yeah. after him. You PlayStation Two is yeah, just can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, um, I knew a guy when I was in primary school. This. There was like a South African kid, and he just went like, you know, like, have you ever saved an animal in your life? And this is me as like as when I was ten, you know, or something. Yeah, saved them. And I was life. like, oh, I know my my gerbil was about to be eaten by the cat, and I pulled it away. And then he just goes, wow. uh, you stop the cat. And he goes, then you will go to heaven. <laughs> he said, then you'll go to heaven because if you save an animal, then you go to heaven. Right. I was like, what oh, a wow. weird thing to think. Yeah. yeah. Imagine just like all the other crimes you town? commit, you know. Have I ever saved an animal? Um, I tried to. I saw. A, uh, Doesn't count. Sorry. No. <laughs> what was the story? What, what did no, you? No, I just saw a cat get his head run over. Oh! And then I held what did you try and, to do? Uh, and then I was like, "Oh, you're all right." <laughs> Flat A4 page of a head. Like, you're all right, mate. Oh, poor guy. Uh, yeah, it was very depressing. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it was very sad. Yeah. Um, well, it was very sad. I mean, I forgot about the next day, really, which is shocking. Yeah, which yeah. is quite jarring. In that, like, uh, you know, how old uh, were you? This is only about three years ago. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I was coming back from a wedding, and I was like, "Oh, hang on, watch out!" Cat's dead. <laughs> so you know the person who ran it over? No, kept driving as well. But what do you do? You oh I mean? shit, shit. Yeah. I mean, maybe pick it up and uh, put it to the side of the road, but um, yeah, yeah. I suppose depends where you're driving as well. Like sometimes you can't stop. Yeah. Mm. But having said that, um, not cool. Not cool to run over anything and keep driving. No. My friend got hit. He was on his bike coming out a little, and this person, like, ran into him, and he flipped over the handlebars, and the car stopped, as in, like, stopped running, and then as soon as he got up, it just, like, floored and, like, drove away. Do you know? It's like, fuck that. 
See, in the future, when we have all our Google Glass, be like, you know, yeah, photo, yeah, yeah, yeah. photo of the, of the reg. Just a laser comes out and shoots him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thrills through a brain. Yeah, yeah, like perfect circle through the glass, windshield, the head, and then the other side. Yeah. It's interesting yeah. how you called her a she there. You don't know. Uh, you know. You said it was a woman. Did I? Yeah. I said they. Yeah. So well, there you go. It's good, though. Because we, uh, we often go the other way, don't we? Yeah. He, 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 he's the doctor. Yeah. The doctor's actually his ma. Like yeah. that yeah, yeah. riddle. Yeah. Except that you, you, I love yeah. the way that you, you reserve it for people who do like heinous crimes, though. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It'd be like you just hear about Hitler, only the name, and you're just like, well, she sounds <laughs> awful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bloody women. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's this Fritzel gal that yeah. we keep talking about? <laughs> God, what a, what, a, what a B word, huh? I know you can't say it because, you know. Yeah, early Tony's allowed to swear on the podcast. Okay, thank sorry. you. I had, I, had a, I had a rap that I um, used to do quite a lot that I wrote when I was like 13, and I wrote it when I was really into gangster rap. Who was your uh, idol? Like, who was your uh, model? Um, probably Tupac. Ah. Tupac Shakur. But like, or like, I mean, I would have been into Eminem, but I wouldn't have been kind of rapping then. But like, I kind of actually would write things like after that, but like, I would... Write it kind of ironically. You know the way where you do things ironically, but it's not to a point where you've actually explained it. Yeah. Like, and you sort of hope that people would be like, no, that's really good. <laughs> Genuinely. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you were joking, but that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I did get some of that. Um, but like, I was dropping loads of like, bitch and stuff like that in it. And even though it was a joke, because it was kind of a parody rap of a Kamogi girls like girls okay. you know, play nice Kimogi. that sounds um, good though. that sounds funny. but I kept saying you know bitch and stuff like that and then I even I, I do it a few times now because I think it's just a silly rap but I'm like I don't like saying bitch I don't like that's my least favourite now at the moment I don't and know why the Arkham favorite. games if you don't play the Arkham Batman games like they talk with the way they talk about Catwoman being like this goddamn bitch and, you're like, and it's no, like is that real genuinely like not the, not the even the most recent one they're calling her a bitch all the thugs. Batman. No, Batman uh, doesn't. No, they, uh, they refer to Catwoman as, like, all the thugs refer to Catwoman as, like, that goddamn bitch. Uh. That guy really, the guy who wrote those games, what was his name again? Do you know his name? Uh, something Dino, something Batman. Dan. Oh, yeah, the guy who did the animated series. Yeah, guy. I can't remember, but he, Paul like... Dini. Yeah, that's it. But he, like, you know, the, the sh- I'm, I was reading through the um, behind the scenes for the Batman animated series mm. and, like, all the stuff that they have. It's, it's a good book. Stop laughing. Don't look at me like that. Um, but he, it's like, you know, they have all these notes from the network that they have to accommodate and they're kind of made, you know, constantly edging it to mean making it dark but not too dark and everything mm. like that. And then anytime he's written something now that he's the writer of Batman the animated series it's always like just so disappointing to me because it's literally like I it's one of the times we actually miss executives to just be like yeah. can you just fucking pull it back a bit like you know like and then uh, Batman has sex with Commissioner Gordon's daughter and oh then he does God. it and you're just like oh stop that was terrible you know? yeah. that was so unnecessary that was the, one of the worst things ever she's doing the wheelchair yeah mm. well she gets in the wheelchair um, in that so it's, it's the killing joke, you know? Is that why? Yeah. Famously puts her... No. <laughs> He's a father figure to her. Yeah, yeah. So that, and like, I don't need... Like, like, okay, so, you know, she's already the, she's already the daughter of the commission, Commissioner Gord who everyone loves. She's already Batgirl. What, is this like, oh no, she has to have sex with Batman, otherwise people won't care she's in a wheelchair? Yeah. I don't know why... And then they put in this really dumb subplot that only made... There's like a controversial element in the killing joke where it's implied that the Joker essentially raped... Batgirl, mm. you know, huh. and then what they do for the the movie, the animated movie, they're like, okay, well, we'll flesh it out a bit. We'll throw in a subplot and this, that, and the other. None of which really gets resolved in any way, yeah. but all of it uh, contributes to making her uh, a far worse character, where she just wants to have sex with somebody who's her dad's best friend and is like way older yeah. than her. And then also she, all I think she either does or almost gets again raped by this other guy in the subplot. You know okay. what I mean? And it was just like. It was it was really hated at the time, but like I mean, I think I anyway I could be really wrong that that's Paul Dini, but I mean mm. I'm pretty sure it looked animated and at least <clears throat> animated the same. same I'm just way. lumping them all in together because they're like they're both of them are like the horniest people ever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Him and Chris, whatever his name is, what's his name again? Um, Do you know the guy who does it, the design. He's really good, but 
I can't remember his last name. Yeah. Fuck, that's gonna kill me. But all those movies are so like disposable. I know, you know and it's so, so it's, disappointing because the source yeah. material they could turn it into something. Do you mm. know what I mean? But either way, there's no adaptation. It's literally just like for like, and then if we need something to pad it out, then we just throw in some shit. You know? Yeah, like the whole Commissioner Gordon. Sorry for anyone who hasn't seen it. <laughs> I'm alright with that because yeah. like you should what only read the they, book what anyway. What are these yeah. comics? No, this is the animated DC. Alan movies. Moore uh, did did the Killing Joke, the original uh, graphic yeah. novel, yeah. and it's incredible. He's a wizard sort of man, isn't he? He's a yeah. wizard, yeah. Oh, I heard he, he is a bit of a wizard. He, no, he is, is also a wizard. A wizard. Yeah. yeah. And also yeah. A, wi- a real whiz. Yeah. At, uh, <laughs> that's he's a real whiz. Probably. What's well, that mean? Like, a you know, he's a real kid. computer whiz. Uh, Such a computer wizard. He's also a yeah. He made that, like, 10-hour experimental music album. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think it's right. supposed to be very good. He's very, do you know what the funny thing? On uh, Stuart Lee's latest DVD, which I haven't watched... Uh, but I, I saw the start of it. Um, you know the way he on the TV series he would get people to interview him. Do you know, mm. like Chris Morris and like Armando Iannucci and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now he's got Alan Moore in his latest special. Oh, oh wow! Because he's friends with Alan Moore, and uh, Alan Moore is incredibly thoughtful and insightful. And like, do you think he'd be stupid? No, I didn't. I didn't at all. I mean, like, the comics would lead you to believe that. I mean, the comics are great, but, I mean, they're still, like, really trashy and colorful. Yeah, and he has, like, he know, does have a predisposition to, like, I don't think there's ever been an Alan Moore story that doesn't have a rape in it. Like, he is, you know. Yeah. He, but he, you know, he, like I said, he's still, he had these opinions on, I love hearing him talk about why he doesn't turn his stuff into movies, or he doesn't want his name attached when the movie's made, do you know? It's he's like type of thing. Yeah, and but the way he goes on about it, he's like, but he basically said in this talk, like, the only reason to make a movie of it is to make money. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that he doesn't, he's not interested in that because he respects his own stuff too much. But mm. he does talk about how much harder it gets with each adaptation when they're like seeing somebody get like 90 grand for it. And he's like, yeah. that was hard yeah. to say no to. <laughs> you know? it's like, Although it does, I think, well, no, I heard, I heard the, the actual, the, Watchmen or whatever like the actual the ones after that yeah. like the were actually quite good the sequels yeah mm. I haven't actually read them but I liked Watchmen the mm. film so did I because I, it just reminded me of like oh yeah that was a great panel from the comic that I oh, like really yeah. Yeah. yeah I just liked it I like the music. Mm, I didn't like it. Yeah. I liked the. Uh, I I did. Well, one thing about the music, though, I will give it credit for is that, like, you know, when you're no, like, he didn't write the music. No, I'm just saying that. Alan you know, Moore. when you read the comic and then he's written the song lyrics down next to it, and it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, know what know the that fuck song. that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like the one where they're having yeah. sex. Yeah, and the, you're like, the, I don't get it. But then yeah. in the movie, it was better. I mean, I think it, it looked good, but I, I really hate that they took out the monster. But also another thing that they, they did... They did the monster, didn't they? No, no it was they Dr. Didn't. Manhattan was responsible for it at the end. Oh, yeah. Well... Spoiler. Too bloody right, you know? Mm-hmm. He's responsible for something. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just... It's it's American imperialism, basically, is what it is. Because the whole thing is meant to be like a kind of Cold War allegory and the idea yeah. of like, oh, the only thing that would unite the United States and Russia against is a common enemy, do you know? Mm. So the idea of the stand-in for American nuclear power being the villain is kind of like... As in being this noble hero who's like, I must, you know be the villain so that like in a weird batman yeah. way it was like I did, I did you know. kind of like it though because it's kind of like you, you know obviously there's nuclear warheads pointed at each other and this walking nuclear weapon who had the best intentions or at least America would have had the best intentions turns out being so almost like the nuke itself yeah. is the enemy in a weird way like yeah. the, like the actual Almors is a bit fucking I think I prefer Dr. Manhattan right right you know, no, I, I don't know I think, I think it's the aliens I mean I love how it comes out of left field but um I don't think I don't know if it loops in, in such a way in such as well this is like the, I mean they used it they actually ironically funny enough used it in Iron Man 3 the idea of a focus group created villain do you remember like yeah. they get artists and all these people to imagine something into existence mm. and also the idea of it, it you know yeah I mean I, I like it as a kind of like criticism of both of the both sides but when you have Dr. Manhattan be the kind of like I said noble self-sacrificing hero it's this feeling of like America letting themselves off the hook mm. and you think like oh Zack you know Zack Snyder's not smart enough to do that but uh, I think he is patriotic enough to be like oh no America yeah. can be the hero in this but anyway but the other thing that they did in that movie which was good which was only for the special features you know that like Tale of the Marin or whatever sure, yeah, yeah. and they animated that and they had that like so you could watch the movie with the animated comic that your man was reading throughout mm-hmm. the thing which I, like I thought was fucking like I mean 
say what you want about like making it too literal an adaptation but if you're gonna go in it's like mm. nice that he did that but yeah. yeah do you think you know all these superhero films sure do you think they do the same thing as like all that folk stuff you read um what do you mean I don't know <laughs> <laughs> well like it's like do you think it feels the same like you know people have always been talking about like banshees and Kukana. yeah mm. this is a very terrible question <laughs> but uh no, I think I know what you're saying, but I've heard it before because I remember hearing Kevin Smith was talking like Stan Lee and he was like, you're creating modern day fairy tales, man. This is it. And I was oh, just like... Oh, right. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Think? I, think, I think that's why I, like anyone who gets wound up I mean, literally, we were wound up about the Batman thing, but that's yeah, also yeah, because yeah. you're kind of like just destroying the character. But like Batman itself, like, is that? I think ba- Batman is like is is a legend, and, and that's why you can have like Tim Burton do it, and you can't hate it because that's Edward's. That's an Edward Scissorhands take on Batman, yeah. And you have an you know uh, Memento Inception take on it, you know. And then you've got this over the top Suicide Squad thing, you know, like these are all kind of archetypes and that's what's amazing about Batman's kind of rogues gallery is that they all kind of, you've got one that focuses on the idea of intelligence, which is almost from legend, you know, you've got one that's just chaotic evil, you know, you've got one that's like wealthy and I don't know if that's, I don't know, I really don't know the penguin's all shtick, but yeah. <laughs> you know um, I love but the you, penguin, yeah. But you have all these things that are like Mr. Freeze and you can all use these kind of euphemisms and stuff Spider-Man does it a little bit, but isn't as successful in it, you know. Do you know we were yeah. like uh, sorry, this uh, uh, maybe this is going too off topic, so you can change the subject if you think yeah. it's But like, um, we were talking, yeah, Spider Man's villains, because he's got a good, like, rose gallery, as it were, as well. But he, um, so the apparent, my friend was watching, like, some behind the scenes for uh, the design and concept of the new Spider Man game, mm-hmm. and they were like, and of course, we have, um, you know, uh, Electro Signature Green, which we really wanted. And I was like, literally every single super super villain for Spider-Man is green. <laughs> you got like yeah. the Green Goblin, Vulture, True. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's so funny how, yeah, but anyway, that's besides the point. But the point, you but know. Yeah. Does that Rogue's Gallery appear in like Irish mythology as well? Right, that's nice. I don't know if, from what I know of Irish mythology, but like, I think you might kind of see it like it's similar to maybe like Chinese you know like those Chinese stories of like the brothers and one could like suck up the ocean and one would like had an indestructible neck or whatever uh, I don't know the whole story <laughs> but uh, like you, you kind of have those kind of things but similarly you would have like salmon of knowledge could be a kind of thing you know inheriting that kind of you know that you, but it's, it's, it's not the same if anything these are better you think? Yeah, they, yeah, they've so. taken them and they've well, A lot of the them. myth is sort of incomprehensible because yeah, it's, true. it's something yeah. very different. Like, I'm trying to think of what. Like, you, you have that story about Kukala and. Even like, like, sorry. He, he's told to uh, act as the guard of yeah. the castle. You know, that's a famous mm-hmm. story. Because he kills the dog. Because he kills the dog, yeah. This doesn't really make sense to me. Do you know what I mean? why he was asked to be the guard or what's yeah, the point yeah like you wouldn't really expect anyone to act like a dog nowadays sure well I mean I think the, the dog must have been pretty good and he's like well well it's only a man can fill in imagine man. if um, this dog was as good as a man yeah. imagine if it was Seinfeld you know in Seinfeld they have that pilot they wrote if it's like that but with Coop Cullen yeah like, yeah yeah I killed his dog so I'm sentenced to be his dog <laughs> oh the butler yeah but he's cool. my butler yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we should make a Coot Cullen sitcom, you know? Yeah, where he's yeah. forced to be, be like, sorry, be you a killed dog. a dog. Yeah. <laughs> he's like on a date, like, yeah, you yeah. killed a dog. <laughs> hey, what? sometimes I gotta kill a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I gotta do this thing for this king. No, no you killed a dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't combine that. Coot Cullen was like 13, wasn't he? I think so. The whole time. The whole time. Yeah. See, I don't even know. Who was the Salmon of Knowledge? Him. F- Finn McCool? Finn McCool? Who was that? Was the Salmon of Knowledge a person? I thought it was an actual salmon. No, it was, but who ate the Salmon of Knowledge? Oh, right. I think it was Fionn McCool. I think it was Fionn McCool. So the salmon, and then he was like, your man was like, don't eat this. Mm. And then the thing boiled over, and he was like, pop the boil, and sucked his finger. And and that was enough to be the smartest man in the world. world. At that time. At that time, of course. (laughs) Did you know that the earth is Mm. round? Why? You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) There isn't as well, like, I, I don't know, maybe I haven't... To be honest, I don't read any, any books, so yeah. uh, I have, but I haven't. Same here. Buddy. I haven't found any kind of easily digestible Irish folk kind of stuff. Like even in the same way, like Neil Gaiman wrote a fantastic Norse mythology book, mm. and it's really like even the, the preface of it the, is like, I want you to kind of read this book. Like these are like fireside chats. Like like if there's someone who's 
six or seven they could understand it you know explained yeah. like in that kind of like it seemed simple to understand legend but Irish mythology just doesn't really have that yeah you know why the, why no. is that why is that that's relevant because this and this is interesting because that and cut out a lot of the you know and then there was 13 types of fish uh, yeah. served that day is there like is, can you so, oh, sorry I saw this on the RT player the other day but it's like some fucking what's his face you think he's like an MMA fighter and he's made a TV show for children called like you know Rory something stories for children about Rory Celtic. stories oh right <laughs> no not Rory what do you think of Rory's stories oh, great what do I think of Rory's stories <laughs> yeah I think that Rory stories is so harmless and I think that anyone who watches his things or no sorry I don't need to speak, speak I think some of his things he, whatever it could be wait, 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 we're not gonna yeah <laughs> no I would say I would say it's easy to it's easy to hate him mm. but I don't think he's taking away from any or any comedy audience I don't necessarily find him the funniest but mm. I don't think he's taking away from any comedy audience I think the people who go to see him if you think of the venues he plays he plays gag clubs he's not doing Vicker Street he's not doing Festival Circuit mm. so I don't yes. think he's, he's not taking eyes off anyone so I think the people who look at him are people who probably probably think ads are really funny and I think that's yeah. harmless people need to laugh and I think that they wouldn't laugh at my stuff they probably wouldn't laugh at this so they'll laugh at Roy's yeah. stories I, I, they'd laugh at I, these, I, but, I think his stuff know. is wild <laughs> like, did you know that they're improvised they're improvised yeah that makes them so much better because <laughs> it kind of makes sense that they're improvised it doesn't look very I mean but you can also see them forget the point of the skit halfway through which was what makes it enjoyable like there's one about the Wi-Fi code and it's like mm-hmm. why it's hard to why you don't want to give your friend the Wi-Fi code what? It's like, I haven't why, seen that one what did he say? Uh, but the thing is that it's very long okay you know yeah 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 it's a solid joke mm-hmm. but it's like halfway through the point is that you need to get your friend asks for the Wi-Fi code and then the joke is that it takes ages to give it to him because it's so bloody long but he forgets that and then so the first two minutes are him like arguing with his friend trying to convince his friend just question why he needs it so he's not even like I'm not going to give it to you because it's hard he's like yeah do you not have your phone so yeah so it starts off the, this is going to be an inconvenience and then he's just like actually no I'm not, I'm <laughs> yeah he's like no I don't want to give it to you just because, because no. just use your phone and the guy's like no he's like why not you know yeah. they just quiver for ages he I does though to be fair well his whole like he doesn't shy away from the fact that he's like he said outright that he thinks a lot of comedy and you probably balk at this statement but he thinks like a lot of comedy is too complicated and people, okay. don't, and people don't so the idea that we have to have some sort of tension release or satisfaction from a joke which would be at least a standard or some in some yeah. capacity or something unexpected he's like no this is just do you ever get the way like ah, fill really? in the blank yeah. that's cool yeah that's like punk music yeah have you read interviews with no, but I had heard um, from like other comedians who had kind of worked with him. I think he did like Republic Italy. Uh, he did like, Republic Italy. He was used to be the warm up act for Republic Italy. I oh think. my yeah, fucking so, days! I think so. But apparently he was good. And apparently he got the the crowd fired up. I'm. I will not. I will not hate. Hate on uh, Rory. Hate on Rory. Uh, what I do hate is the uh, farmer in the car. Farmer Michael. Yeah. Yeah. I I like Rory. You know, God love him. Uh, but I hate uh, Farmer. Farmer Michael. How does yeah. Rory become like the warm-up comedian for a public telly? Because that just baffles Are me. Are you jealous? What? Are you jealous? No, I wouldn't be able to do that. I but think no. I see. I he's actually he is actually the perfect example for something that I've been saying for years. Right? That I think someone who's a football manager would be a better um, when they're starting out would be a better stand-up than the best joke writer who's never been on stage. A football. So say if there's a football manager and what he's used to doing is getting people fired up for a match. He's okay. a gaff football manager, right? He's never really, yeah. not really funny. I think he would be, if, if there was like the first five gigs, the football manager is going to do better than the than a joke writer who has never yeah, done stand-up before. But who gets into RT? So like, because it's such a Dublin-centric thing. Where is he? He's not, is he from Dublin? He's from no. Dublin. Outskirts somewhere, I'm not sure. Okay, well then, I mean, I just don't get it. I just, but anyway, uh, whatever. Yeah, I, no, that makes sense though so about the he, energy thing. You know? Yeah, I listen to a lot of grime music. Oh yeah, and that's all about energy. Hundred percent. It's probably that same idea. It's like with rap, this idea that you're supposed to be lyrical somehow. Yeah. yeah. But uh, with grime, it's just pure like trying to get. One pound fifty it. pence. What? Just you ever hear that uh, that song about your man buying loads of uh, like cheap 
chicken wings is all like brah one pound fifty pence two piece fifty pence <laughs> yeah that sounds very right yeah yeah uh, and it's like I don't care what he's saying but he's doing it with gusto yeah there's another good one about a guy who's just like talking about someone's mom who was athletes fought and stuff perfect it doesn't make sense but they probably do better like maybe like the football manager thing. yeah they would yeah. I think they, they unfortunately I do think it is unfortunate because I think the people that want it more are the, are the joke writers yeah uh, and uh, you know but what I like about Rory is that he's you know there's that one where he's like screaming at his wife yeah that one's, and he's like yeah. being very honest there mm. like he clearly screams at his wife all the time no, I think he's a caricature you think so I think so. I think. Well, who's he caricaturing? Because I think with, with Facebook, because I didn't see some of the videos that I put up. Yeah. The, the kind of the way people communicate, obviously with meme culture, the way people communicate is like I put something up, like I put up the video of my Dublin Frenchman guy doing a, a guide to wine. Okay. Right? And I saw a comment being tagging tagging a few friends. Like there's a couple of comments and tagging a few friends. And one person was like, "Oh, Sinsantry," and I'm like. How is it you would yeah, say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like, but that's how people communicate. Is like, this is either like, this is us, this is me, this is you. Uh-huh. So Rory's story is like, this Wi-Fi. Yeah. This was you getting the Wi-Fi. Yeah. You know, but it has to be kind of big caricature, being like, because I think that's actually where the joke is, where it's like, well, at least it's not. You know, you know when I was a bit tick with you there. Or a bit cute. At least I'm not yeah. as bad as this guy who's actually outright screaming at us. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. But it's still like just the beats of it are like there's no beats okay I guess yeah well I stand corrected yeah. I'm now gonna have to look at Rory's entire oeuvre and uh, <laughs> make up my no, I think you don't enjoy it but I, I no but the way you said that I was kind of like I just thought he was some fucking guy who got a smartphone and then decided to start a filming shit and but put he it is. online yeah, but he was also a warm-up act for, like, public telly. But what difference know? does that make? That means that, like, he's, a, like, a stand-up and a comedian, yeah, and he's a bit more well, thoughtful I think it, Well, he had, he had sketches on Republic telly. There you go. But what, like, is that, what difference does that make to the films on Facebook? Because if it was somebody who wasn't creative, just, like, filming them coming up with shit off the top of their head. But that's what he's doing. What? He's just coming up with it off the top of his head. I think that's where he would have got his start, and then... Based on having them having some success, had done some sketches for Republic of Telly, and because he is a kind of like big kind of uh, guy to get people kind of, you know, team talk kind of vibe. Uh, I think that's how he got the kind of warm up thing. Right. But well, I, I don't know if he was all like cracking huge jokes or whatever. It would have been like, "Give us a chair." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? well, I'm I sure, know like hear. he has. But I mean, just that he's got credits as opposed to well, he's not. Well, some, why does that matter? If he has credits, like it's the same. Because it means that video. he's actually putting attention to the craft, and he's not somebody who's just like but he's filming not. themselves once off and then threw it out, and it got popular, so he kept going. Do you but know what I mean? He is, like they're the same film. Yeah. As just now you know that he. Now that I know that he probably thinks about stuff a bit more, and he's uh, not just literally kind of you know like a, ra- a ranting lunatic. I mean, he may still be a ranting <laughs> lunatic, but I'm just saying that like he yeah like. There is more. When like you say it. you're saying thought, like, is in does he put thought into the actual video? I'm saying the thought that he has of like, oh, how am I going to do this? I don't want to think about it. I want to go up there and set it up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if he's deliberately doing that, then it's different than if he's like some guy who just thinks, oh, this is funny when I scream at my wife. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if he's kind, you know, if what you claim is correct, you know, <laughs> his exaggerated <laughs> persona is affected, then it's yeah. kind of like. Oh, I, I thought he was just some guy like, well, I'm just telling, like basically like Liam Nugent without the irony, you know what I mean? Mm. Who was Liam Nugent anyway, of course. I thought he was oh, like no. the outsider yeah, artist, do you know what I mean? So it's like, you're like, oh, now I know he's Picasso. He's like classically he's trained. <laughs> Whereas I thought he was like, you know, Captain Moonlight. You know that New York Captain musician? Beefheart, isn't it? No. Yeah, okay. I think he's thinking of Captain Beefheart. <laughs> Uh, he's like a homeless New York jazz musician. Oh no! And like his stuff is wild. And if you didn't, you could just say like noise. Mm. But it's like, why does it matter that he has the credits? It's the same video, and he could think about them in the same way. Mm. I like him less now that he's worked for a team. <laughs> you know, I'd say I like anything less or any one less if they worked. Well, what I thought we were talking about this the last day, but with Rory's stories as well. There's like. A friend of mine that, um, he like, you know, um, one of the things, he he was kind of like a bit macho, like kind of, you know, so he, 
he said things like, you know, oh, it's, uh, you know, oh, it's always your dream to like beat up your father, isn't it? And you're like, no. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. there was this thought about like, you know, he had this this kind of background and he was very kind of macho and antagonistic and whatever. But then he was like an incredible artist and he was able to like draw all these amazing things. And uh, I was just saying it's such a great thing to be able to have that thought process translated into something you could, you know, yeah, look yeah, at. Yeah. So the idea of Rory's stories is also interesting in that way where it's like this bizarre outlook of like, do you know when you get home and your wife asks you, did you do the shopping? And you're like, get away from me, you fucking bitch. You know, yeah, you're yeah, in my yeah. life. And it's like, oh, I'm glad that like, you know, like that's happening everywhere, but nobody's mm. filming it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I love the idea of, of somebody being able to express that, even if it's something I would probably find pretty repulsive, you know? I think it is miss, It is missing some key beats that I think yeah. another stab at it or maybe another set of eyes probably would deliver on because you don't want Annie Martin looking like she's some sort of victim. You want her to yeah. be the kind of empowered is one. Is that Annie Martin? Annie Martin gives a laugh is normally the wife. Really? Yeah. I thought that was just his wife. I thought that was just some person. No, it's Annie Martin normally plays his Holy girlfriend shit. or, Who is okay. or wife. She gives a laugh. She's a funny comedian. Um, she has her own oh, page. she had that list. The five best comedians. Don't know. Uh, yeah, she was in that list. The one I was in. Yeah. yeah. The one that James wasn't in. No, Conspicuously you know. missing. Yeah. Um, there, no, there was a... She was also in Aoife there Dooley's... Was an, there was an honourable mention entire uh, magazine on, on you. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was way there. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I think they used some old photos. They around for the <laughs> there <thing>. was um, <laughs> Aoife Dooley's new animated show. You're on Nikita, now. yeah. Nikita, watch it. Um, yeah, any of Martin's. Also, now. watch Ends Meet because it's in suggested videos. Did you know mm. Gareth um, is a TV show? <laughs> I did know that. It's yes. called Ends Meet. But um, you were, she did the voice in your own Nikita as well. So, yeah, I, I mean, I had this guy painted kind of I mean like I don't like the content of his stuff mm. but now I have to kind of go I just don't see the difference uh, I too I mean it's I don't like, know how to explain it to you the same anymore same videos so. is that, and he's doing the exact same thing it's just now that you know he's worked for RTE no it's now that he's more thought, like as in he's putting more thought into it than just but literally how do you know there wasn't thought in it like why did you assume there wasn't thought in it before because it was just so dumb to me and banal. But it's still and like it, you still think it's dumb. I still think it's dumb. It's just now I have to go, oh, actually, he's put in hours and time on this and he, clearly he's trying to achieve something as opposed to... But he was trying just, to achieve something either way. Okay, we're way. not going to agree on this. You know, draw a line under it. Okay. All right. Tony, you decide. Um, you're right. It's Garrett's house. Thanks, man. You're right. Um, <laughs> you who I'm looking at is right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, uh, there, again, I'm bringing up Stuart Lee for the millionth time in this thing. Do you like Stuart Lee, Tony? Just I love Stuart Lee. Yeah, oh, really? I love Stuart Lee. I know he would hate me. Why? Um, I think. Uh, I don't think he would. He likes David no, O'Doherty and things. Does like he? That. No, yeah. I think. Well, I don't. I, I'm. 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 I think I'm kind of still finding my feet. So I think I still do a lot of things that I. I think would. I'm. I'm. See, I. I have this kind of a. I'm, I'm not a very good joke writer and I don't think I make very kind of like really good kind of stuff yet. I think I'm, I think I'm, I will get there. But I, I look at like a joke, right? Like a really good joke. I think I said this to you before. Is yeah. like uh, an egg, right? Okay. It's like it's like an egg that needs to be impregnated, right? And uh, and what and the amount of attempts. Do you mean like a human egg or a ch- human human egg? Okay. Right, right. So a human egg, right? And then. The amount of temp- attempts that you do to write the joke is like sperm, okay? The spunk. Spunk, okay. Now, at the center of that egg is a beautifully crafted, perfect joke that no one could have thought of. And you're like, oh my God, you could tell that to anyone. And it's like, that is brilliant. Mm. But then there's the outer crust. And the outer crust is where you have, you know, kind of smut, racism. And it's mm. only how far this sperm will travel, you know, to actually get to a good joke. And I think I kind of stop about seven eighths in. Is where my at is the racism at the racism. I think I think I, uh, the kind of racism smut. I don't do things racist, but that kind of like I haven't really thought it through. I haven't pushed hard enough. If I pushed harder, it could probably be better, you know. And I yeah. think that the, the but the more kind of on the outer side is more what panders to people. What people like okay. Mrs. Brown's boys will be on the outside of that kind of circle, broader. Okay, you know. I'm not really. Do, I need to kind of draw you a picture. It's not good for a punk ass. No, I, I really get that. Uh, <laughs> you have a crusty egg. I prefer you a crusty if you didn't draw, draw me a picture. Egg. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna spunk all over this egg. Yeah, right. and, and then the and then races. I'll have to fight that kid in, in the afterlife. In Jewish, in Jewish afterlife. In Jewish hell. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I just don't think Stuart Lee would. I just, I just would be 
there because he because he because he speaks so candidly about comedians he really doesn't like okay. and is so eloquent about why they're terrible. Yeah, and I, you know. Um, but the ones he hates most are the ones who try to copy him. I think. Yeah, I don't well, think so. I think I think he hates the cookie cutter people who are literally like. Sure. The, he, I love when he, he he said one time one of the Russells. You just, you know what I mean? Yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah. such a dismiss. There's like so many of these comedians, and it's like, and, it, and my favorite one was his one of Russell Kane when he, he goes, like, you know, I'm glad that he managed to not get over his dad's death long enough to tour it commercially, do you know? Because then he was talking about those fringe shows where it's like, my dad died, do you know what I mean? Right, yeah. And he's yeah, like, yeah. oh, we can still have a laugh, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, it's like, tearful moment, then I'm out, you know what I mean? He's like, mm. he hates that kind of like, you know, the Russell Howard thing of just being like, you know, people laughing. So, 75% I mean, comes in, you're hit. Yeah. And then... I think like he likes anybody who's kind of you know deviating a little bit from the formula. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was very dismissive of Darrow Brian as well. He didn't mm. like him, and he hates that panel show stuff. Like when comedy is competitive. Do you know? Yeah, I think that's just because he's bad at panel shows. I think if he was good at panel shows, he'd like them. I don't think. <laughs> so. I'm gonna say that about Shirley. Insecure. That's bad. not true. And also, he loves comedians like Ted Chippington and people who would get booed no, off the Ted stage at yeah. concerts. He's you know? shit, Ted Chippington. No, I mean, all the comedians he like, I don't like. But I'm saying that he's got this, he, he appreciates, like, the kind of, you know, that, that anim- like, you know what I mean? Ted Chippington, like I said, Ted Chippington get booed off stage or, like, yeah. anything would happen like that. Like, he likes that stuff. Yeah. Likes in quotations. But they're, or, normally, you know, they're normally, like, the comedian's comedian. Yeah. You know? And it's not a very lucrative business being the comedian's comedian, yeah. you know, but you kind of, you you know, but I think a lot of people, I think a lot of comedians love seeing a comedian go up and be like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like genuinely, like, fuck you. Like Larry I, David. I yeah. mean, people love, I mean, I heard Larry David one time went up on stage and he just looked at the crowd and just went like, no. Nah. And then he walked off and people yeah. like loved, and he would lose it with people in the state and the crowd as well. And there was one. But that's like, just because he's like a meme. It's like, it's either way who I love. This was before any of that. Like oh, before, really? like before Seinfeld even. Like ah. there's like one I saw him do where, it, well, this is after Seinfeld, but it's, it's like before Kirby Enthusiasm. Right. So like he was up on stage and he was doing a set and then he gets about five minutes into it. And then he's like, stops talking. He goes, well, I guess that's all the nothing there is today. And then he walked off, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so, like, he's... I think he is a very short fuse. I mean, that's gotten longer now that he's gotten more successful because mm-hmm. I watched some absolutely atrocious uh, sketches with him on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> like, really? he's hosting, it's like, Jesus. Like, he would never have done that a few years ago, sure, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did one where it's like, you know, uh, Charlie Brown as if it was a stage play. Right. Um, well, I think there's already a Broadway play of it, but it's like, you were a real bastard, Charlie Brown, which is the idea. Oh, wow. And he, like, they have Bill Hader playing Al Pacino, playing Charlie Brown. It's like, whoa, whoa, and it's just the, okay. these impressions of all these, like, tough actors who swear. Yeah. And then Larry David is up there, and then at the end of the sketch, he goes, it's pretty, pretty, pretty good. And I was like, wow like you know what I mean like completely void of the context of the sketch he's literally saying his catchphrase from the show and it's like and he was also in fucking Hannah Montana because his daughters wanted him to be in that episode as well yeah so like there's this kind of thing about him now that's literally like I don't care you know what I mean but like back in the day like I heard in 1991 or something that's like testosterone did you ever hear that thing or like it wears off basically it's like once you hit a certain age your testosterone drops and that's why men become less violent Mm. that's funny so like sometimes I wonder all these actors at a certain age and they're like oh I don't care anymore because I have no testosterone left that was very possible I mean like I was saying the thing when 19 I think uh, season 2 or 3 of Seinfeld they changed their time slot to be on after Cheers so before Mm. they were in this kind of dead air place you know but now they were after one of the biggest sitcoms at that point and he was like furious and he just said yeah, like yeah, he, it's his own thing yeah and he goes like you know they're like we'll get more ratings he's like if they weren't watching on Friday nights I don't want them watching on Wednesday do you know yeah. what I mean like, like imagine being that principled and then years later you're just like really yeah. pretty 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 <laughs> like, but I'd say you could probably chart his like how f- well no I don't want to say how funny he is but like I'd say his happiness has also improved oh yeah totally you know so it's like yeah, okay, he's bringing his daughter on Hannah Montana, and that's pretty naff. Yeah. But he's probably happier yeah. doing that oh, than yeah. actually writing one of the, the probably the best sitcom of all time. Would you do SNL? 
um, like as a featured player. You're the <laughs> you're the wow. main guy. You're the. What, Have they ever had anybody who's not American or Canadian on SNL? Don't think yeah, so. Yeah, they'd say Sharon. No, I mean like as a featured player, like What's comedians it? coming from like the people like like a regular you know, person, regular cast member. Oh uh, no, no. Wouldn't that be funny though? That why would so you strange. not? Would you not? Would you not do that? No, I probably would. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Just wonder. I mean, you'd have to do it. <laughs> I'd love to. Let's talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really well, that's a really dumb question. That's a really good question. <laughs> no, it's not. Would you do this thing that pretty much everybody would do if they were offered? But it's know? not. I mean, obviously, it doesn't have the same. It's it's you know, it doesn't have the same cachet as it. Well, not even the cachet. It's not. It's not as good as it was. It was. But everyone says that, doesn't, <laughs> don't they? Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, it's I never going to see bad. some. It was always bad, though, wasn't it? Oh, it yeah, was always. It was bad. always bad. But see, this is the thing. Like this is, like. I, I like Lorne Michaels identified that there was all these comedians together, and if he would just get them together in one spot, he could make something that people would watch. Yeah. Like so, that's what's so frustrating about comedy in Dublin now. I mean, you know the people who would make if you just put them all together and put the eyes on them. Yeah. I mean, I I, I was living in London for seven years and I came back and I had no idea how funny. Ireland is and how funny Dublin is. Do you think it's funnier than... I'm not saying you said this. Do you think it's funnier than London? Uh, do I think it's as funny as London? I do. I do, yeah. Really? I do think it's funnier. Yeah, I do think it's funnier and I think it's weirder and I think because there's no eyes on it, people are kind of making weirder comedy just to be kind of di- different. But I think a lot of people don't really have a reason to, that, to be making comedy out of just the love for it. And it would be fantastic if people were like, you know... I think it, like, peters out as well. I mean, I think that there's an infrastructure in London to lead on to, like, a next step. But like you're saying about no eyes on it, and this is me saying this, so nobody else can be bad, but RTE um, as a kind of platform for comedians has not been doing its job in at least the past decade and a half. Because it used to have, like... I mean, admittedly, it was, like, Laughter Lounge, which I'm a big fan of, but, like, they put comedians on TV and expose people to a scene but those comedians that they exposed are still the only ones yeah. who are pretty much able to tour do you know could you think how uh, out of place it would be if like the late late had a stand up segment like Carson like, could oh you, wow could you imagine how out of place because of how unfunny the show is yeah. it would be for a <laughs> that's comedian so to come out funny yeah. and be like why am I is this supposed to be funny? Isn't it so funny when they did that, like, Ryan Latoberty, like, just because he's obsessed with, like, all... Just the fucking Kennedy era, like, entertainment and yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah. He's like, oh, we get a full house band and we get this type... And so, like, it looked like one of those shows. And then he is, like, so void of charisma that it's just, like, every time I see him go, like... And uh, he, he had fucking Brian Cranston on one time, somebody who I actually wanted to mm. hear interviewed. And he goes, like... And he's just literally going, like, you know, so... What, uh, what was it like working on uh, Malcolm in the Middle? And then he goes, oh, it's fantastic. And it was great. And I was like, oh, okay. And, and uh, what was it uh, like working on Breaking Bad? And you're like, oh, wow. Like, this is this guy literally going... He just he just has nothing. He has, like, you know... And he still brings up, like, fucking... He'll make jokes about, like, Nama and shit. You know what I mean? Like... I know it's still affecting people's lives, but um, it's yeah, this weird we, thing. We've never made a joke about Nama. Me? Us. We, you know what? We should drop... That's changing right now. Skewer now. Uh, no, I'm just saying that, like, he's... He's he's almost, like, as soon as he became host, he almost became completely outdated. It's, and, it's weird yeah. that, like, pre- presenters is a weird thing now. Yeah. Uh, can, like, the world we live in now, because it's, like, uh, people who kind of are... The people who you see would that you would be like, why would I know this person? It normally stems from them having done something like a presenting is an afterthought now. Like, mm. is, is this is this something that there are skills that you pick up based on skills you already have? And I'm not to, to, to totally dismiss Ryan Tuberty as it necessarily might hear this, but I think he's the best of I think he's the best of those kind of late late hosts, including Gay Byrne in that because I think he actually is genuinely interested, or at least comes across as genuinely interested. Mm, but again, he's not a comedian who then has learned presenting skills, mm. or he's not a jur- journalist yeah. who's learned presenting skills. You know, so he's a presenter who's presenting, and that's what you get. I think Gay Byrne is better, but I don't think I like Gay Byrne. I mean, I don't like any of them. I like Gay Byrne more, but if you look at what he's saying, I mean, obviously he's a he's a he's a product of the environment oh, yeah, the era, of yeah. the era. But he's he's so like like he absolutely slays into fucking boy zone, you know? Yeah, he's that like, was look brutal. at the state of you, you know? Like, so tell me now, like he's almost like, but like that's that what I, so I, I actually just do a Desert Island Discs recently, and uh, Graham Norton was on, and it was like from 2005. 
and I don't remember your one. It wasn't Kirsty Young, but it was. She's all like, "And do you not feel a bit embarrassed having these kind of like se- people telling their sex stories on your show?" And I was like, "What?" Yeah. And like, you forget that he was controversial, and, mm. and and that's within our lifetimes. So. Yeah, I know. But anyway, this is, you know, this is. I read a book about gay man, and in the seventies he ran like the women's hour. Like uh-huh. the women's uh-huh. affairs sort of chat, social stuff. Mm. That was run by Kay Byrne. And like women would ring around and be like, give it out about their husbands and stuff. Oh, really? To him. Well, I mean. So strange. So maybe get the fry on in future. All right, Maureen. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. But it might not have been. They might not have. I mean, they should have. But again, that's the era. You can't blame the man for the era. But they should have had a woman on. Yeah, but exactly. The, the fact that he was willing to host that, is that, you know, is it a good thing? Probably was. It's just like you say. It's uh, it's just bizarre. It is bizarre that that's where he came from. But I think it is the whole thing is very. I mean, he, I do actually love the the, the toy show because mm-hmm. of what it is, you know, and the fact that things go wrong and you know, it's just a weird. And actually, it it, it is just fairly wholesome and it's very weird to have something that's just kind of very fundamentally wholesome mm. to like take up, you know. But. Uh, it would be good if there was a show where people came on and they did comedy and they seem to be like TV3 seemed to be doing that for a while there was whoever it is being like it's the yeah. Craig Doyle Saturday Night Show or it's the Brendan Watson's face Saturday Night you know or and those ones are kind of but they don't get people on no and so why even have a talk show if the person who's sitting there you don't care about why yeah. not have a completely different show the, the talk la- shows are cheap aren't they the mm. last comedian they really had on the late show was like Dustin the Turkey yeah he's really the only one they let come on and do his thing what yeah. the uh, I mean and then yeah. Gay Bird would just lay into him lay yeah. into him he'd be like get out I, I went in I and I, I pitched a, a show in RT and then they were they what got was the show it was the the thing you, I'm always pitching, so you know it's the mm. kind of Saturday morning cartoon apps. type thing for adults, basically. So, um, but it was about a bunch of like skinny lads from Galway, and then you know they're also like fucking, um, you know I'm basically just talking about wimps or the type of people that I would like hang out with anyway, do you know. Mm. <coughs> but um, uh, present company included, and uh, so <laughs> there's yeah, but like they were like uh, we need something more Irish that can be shared on joe.ie or something like that mm. and there's this emphasis now of like you know the people who were in there like Kayla worked in there oh, sure, I'm not cut that out somebody I know worked in there <laughs> who, in joe.ie um, huh joe.ie no in um, RTE. in RTE but there was a guy in there who like um, did like like he didn't know how to use like word like mm. do you know what I mean they don't know how to use the platforms or anything but it's like he's, they're like these kind of old dog and you know what actually I can keep this in because he'll never fucking hear it in a million mm. years because this, these people are kept in from the start day and they're just like they're just there do you know what I mean mm. and they just like it's just baffling they have they're constantly playing catch up because they're never you know um, young fresh faces and then at the same time like you know the people that they approach are also the people that they they think will appeal to the mass audience and they have such a low opinion of the mass audience that that's all you ever get is these kind of like you know if it's outside of Dublin then it's going to be boggers and if it's inside Dublin then it's going to be like I was thinking about that show what's the one um Young Offenders mm. and there was a bit in there where there's like a na- an old woman appears like fully naked for about 10 seconds and because it was a co-production with BBC Three it's like that would never have happened if it was just RTE sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but on top of that actually I will say one thing is that the short schemes and stuff they're trying to do uh, for all of its faults with like various aspects of it has pr- is producing some like amazing shit like Alison Spittle was on there like doing bits and pieces and mm. like even Stephanie Preisner I think started off well, maybe she didn't but she She's on there, like, you know, I think you got to hand it to, like, for, for I think, uh, the former uh, comedy, head of comedy, people were schlagging him in circles that I'd be in, you know? Yeah. But, uh, like, once you, like, put up his credits and he's, like, rubber bandits, like, hardy bucks, you know what I mean? <laughs> and you put him all side by side, you're like, fucking, that guy was at least setting up a portfolio of stuff, Possibly, you know? Possibly, but also you could probably credit an, an open door for that as well, like, just, True. like, you know, just by being open. And then you Republic know. of Telly, too. Like, that was, like, for... And all of its faults, like, it left the door open for a bunch of people, too. Like, but to that was a prob- on it was a problem-solving thing. It was yeah. uh, where, basically, they had a lot of things that they would love to offer probably loads of people if they had the money to. Mm. That's the thing. If they did have the money to do it, I mean... If you actually see where, like, how many people really do pay the TV license, you know, mm. and where that money goes, they don't really have a lot of money, and we can compare it, Apple, you know, to the BBC, but there's no way. I mean, the yeah. BBC is like a, 
they were a third third world country compared to you know uh, America when it comes to the amount of money that's, mm. uh, that, uh, that, that, that they have I think the TV license thing like whenever I think of like like there was an independent report made about RTE and they literally said like oh there are people whose positions are redundant in there and all who are surplus to requirement and you're spending too much money on salaries and this that and the other and uh, it, it looked like for a while they got like a new general whatever or something some position was higher up and it was like she's coming in and she's gonna fix the problems of this stagnant studio and then it turned out she just had the exact same opinions as everyone who'd come before her it was like it's actually people not paying the tv license and it was like an independent study now proven that actually it's a like people should pay the tv license um but uh but on top of that like um you pay yours no comment. Um, so, but like, there's, um, but on top of that, there is internal problems which are just not being looked at at all because once it starts to affect somebody else's pocket, then they're just not interested, you know. Mm. But anyway, whatever. We've talked on here for an hour and seven minutes. Um, oh. So, um, we'll have to cut those last seven. We'll minutes. have to cut those last seven minutes, and we'll, and uh, so Krampus. Uh, oh my god, what is he going to do to James? I see you're putting him in a big burlap sack. Yeah, this yeah. Look, might look like a sack. It's actually a tesseract to another dimension. Oh my yeah. god. What does that mean? It means uh, that it you're... It means you're going to be falling through hell for eternity. Cool. If okay. only you'd been a good boy. Yeah, well, yeah. I enjoyed the life I lived. Good. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. Okay. At Cyber Podcast. No, and, uh, no, sorry, you're in a bag. You're falling forever. <laughs> I can't hear you. Cyberpodtalk at gmail.com. And, and uh, Tony Cadwell uh, was, should also be credited, even though the Krampus is here. Oh, God. He's a but, good uh, guy, that he's Tony Cadwell. He's a good guy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to plug anything? Tony Cadwell, not Krampus. Um, just my, uh, my Facebook Tony Cantwell comedy, if you didn't know what I do, is Tony Cantwell comedy, <laughs> and then Tony Horror on all the sosh. Um, and and you got a pod as well. I do a pod, Sexy Beasts. Uh, it's on Head Stuff, and we talk about. I know I might, uh, I might not have come across like I know a lot about folklore and weird cryptids and stuff like that in this episode, but I do get into it, and we just review monsters, and it's a lot of fun. Me yeah, and me and Mark Jago. Get on that shit. All right, thanks very much. Bye. James isn't going to say bye because he's falling. Bye. Very good. Good continuity. There. And transmission.